A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Captain America, who is Royfield Brown. And with me are the Iron Man, who is... Ella Hall. And the last part of the Marvel menagerie, folks, is you, our lovely listeners. This week's Dumpty Dum comes from our Mia in Newcastle, or is it Dallas? I think they were all in <laughs> South Fork Ranch there. <laughs> but what a lovely, heartwarming Dumpty Dum. Now, folks, we need you to write us some reviews on iTunes because you know what? We're needy folk here, we, especially you. I think we just discovered that, didn't we, just before we hit record, Miss um, Philippa Hall, that you are a proper needy sort. I just like a bit of praise. That was all. We were just talking about the last episode and you said you are going to listen to it when you are going for a walk and I hadn't heard from you. So I just, I just wanted to know what you thought because we had lots of lovely messages from people and I didn't hear from you and just just keen to know. That was all. So, so there you go, folks. If you would like to give Philippa, Philippa Needy Hall some frets and praise, why don't you go onto <laughs> iTunes, write her a five-star review. Say that the episode would have been for nothing without her sterling contributions. Now, Philippa, how are you today? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Yes, awesome. we've had a great awesome. week. I'm great also. It's... All right, go on, go on. Tell us about your week. No, no, no. Tell me about your week, Royfield. What no, have you been no, up no, to? No, 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 no. This, this, this show's not about me. Um, it's, I think we've established <laughs> it's about you, your neediness and the archers. So before we go into the archers, go on, no, jokes aside, tell us about your week, my dear. Well, we've had a, a lovely time celebrating. It's our 20th wedding anniversary. 20 years, nice. can you believe that? So nice. yes, we got all dolled up to go out for lunch. First time we've gone out to lunch together for about five years. That's uh, having kids and busy life for you. Uh, mm. Got in the car drove 14 miles to have the lunch and just before I said oh can we just check the tire pressure very romantic <laughs> there we there we go and uh, we checked the tire pressure and as we checked the tire pressure the tire valve came off snapped off and we stood there watching our tire deflate so that there was no air in it and it was unfixable and we called the recovery people and they said they'd be four hours. So my wow. husband had to get a lift back home to get the car to get the kids. And I spent my wedding anniversary with the RAC driver. So that was another successful day. Good heavens. <laughs> I was going to come out with some terrible gag, like what's the uh, symbol for 20 years of marriage? Is it like a pair of handcuffs or whatever? But like you, you took the wind right out of my sails with, with that story. <laughs> An That's air pressure valve. That's what you get for 20 yes. year wedding anniversary. Onwards and upwards. Good heavens. What, what about you though? What's been up with you ah, this week? Uh, oh no, I'll tell you what I did do. Um, yes. 
had a rather lovely luncheon with um, the Reverend Townsend, who is the uh, vice chair of the San Francisco NAACP. Um, wow. And he was just, oh, just the history of San Francisco writ large. He knew it all about the black folks in San Francisco. Lovely man. At one point in this cafe, and he held his phone aloft, and he says, excuse me, I just need to shazam this tune. I says, I beg your pardon. How old are you, Rev? He goes, I'm 78. I went, and you're using wow. shazam. He says, oh, I love my shazam playlist. And then when I connect it up to the car, it plays all my best tunes. This man was incredibly with it, on it, and just great company. The loveliest hour and a half in his company. Right. Um, very quickly, Philippa, uh, the week in Ambridge, uh, thoughts and feelings. Oh, I love this week. It was just nice to hear Did more you? three character scenes. So we had, you know, mm. Lillian, Tony and Jennifer, Brian, mm. Rory and Jennifer, Adam Lee and Ian. I just I just liked it. And I love Rory, the voice of reason, you know, telling Brian the truth about Alice. I, You know me. I, I love the Archers. So it was just another great week for me. What about you? Oh. Uh, rather worried about the portrayal of uh, people that are into superheroes. I feel that we, <laughs> we we took a right kick in this week in the shape of Lee. But um, I believe we have caller in us uh, that will discuss yes. that. On this week's episode, we hear views from Dusty Substances. Oh, I love me some Dusty. Claire from Clapham. Oh, I love Claire. Uh, v, she's new. Helen. Helen Grady. Uh, Mia. I love me some Mia. And Isabel. That's most precocious of teenagers. And we have an email from Wells, which, but Philippa, first off, if somebody would like to send us in a dum de dum or a call, how can they do that? If you would like to sing or play as a dum de dum or send us your views on the week or give us a plot prediction, then leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which you can find on the dumdedum.com website. Or you can use WhatsApp. Uh, you can leave a voice note or text message to the number 07957-167696, which is, as we all know, plus 44-7957-167696 if you're calling from outside the UK. Please make sure the message is no more than two minutes long. And if you'd prefer to email your thoughts and predictions, go to the contact us section of the website and fill in the form. Ambridge 3962. First off, top of the shop, it's our teenager. It's Isabel. Hi. So I suppose you could say this is last week's call, I suppose. Because I couldn't, I couldn't call in last week because I had a busy weekend. I thought I'd like call in in the middle of the week, you know, just to give you last week's views. Yeah. Anyway, enough of my waffling. This week's been more about Emma and Neil. The thing is with Emma, I think she's got a point, but she's a bit too opinionated, if you know what I mean. That's what someone said to me. <laughs> yeah, so I think Neil was right to... He was right to, like, get a bit frustrated and tell it like it was, basically. I think I think she's had it coming to her for a while, that. Yeah. Alice and Chris. Bad. Really bad. I mean, on Tuesday... When Alice said, oh, you want me to fail, don't you? You want me to fail this. I was like, Alice? Of course he doesn't. It's just you. It's just you drinking, just twisting things round. Of course he doesn't want you to fail. He just wants you to stop. He wants you to get well, that's all, Alice. Just listen. When Alice threw the brick, ugh. I mean, one part of me is thinking, all right, so she's desperate for a drink because she's an alcoholic. Alcoholics will go to any lengths to get drink. But another part of me, like, how can you stoop so low as to do that? I wonder who reported Alice to social services. I bet it was Chris. Yeah, so anyway, Helen and Kirsty. Can't believe Kirsty offered her a job. I mean, it, well, no, 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 she didn't. Sorry, I got that wrong. I can't believe that Kirsty actually volunteered to do a job at the dairy. I mean, like, I, would, I wouldn't have pictured her as a girl working in the dairy. Yeah, so anyway, 
I wonder how that'll turn out. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. And one more thing. I heard about the um, five-episode week soon, and all I can say is, yes! With one hand up in the air, because I can't put two hands up in the air, because one of my... Because my phone's in my right hand, so anyway. <laughs> Sorry about my all-over-the-place call. Good luck for Tuesday. Bye! Thank you, Isabel. I love your enthusiasm. Well, as you, as you said, you couldn't believe that Kirsty volunteered to, to help Helen, and we had... Uh, the the news about how that all transpired this week we we got to live it so we had the the yogurt scene which was I uh, it was just a nice bit of business I thought we had you know Clary being the Gestapo at the beginning very firm on how everything was going to happen and Kirsty playing the comedy side with the with the itchy head um, and then them laughing over the yogurt I just like the the how that progressed um, and that it all ended up okay and it was quite a short time of thinking what is Clary doing why can't they just all all be friends so I, so I like that something I didn't like though this week was the kissing sound why do we have to have the sound of that on the radio hmm, no thank you but uh, yes oh and Royfield yes Isabel mentioned this anonymous reporter of the brick through the window and uh, we had an email from them last week have you uh, had any made any progress on who this anonymous person is? I've absolutely n- no idea. Absolutely oh. no idea. Mm. I wonder if they'll email Sorry. in again. I-, I hope they do. It didn't have make for a free sign of excitement in Dumdy Dum Towers. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like an anonymous email to set yeah. hearts a-, a-, a racing round here. Like, oh, who might it have been? Yes, we'll have to find Mm. out. Gosh, that was um, our Isabel, uh, our resident uh, teenager, and now we move to Helen, and uh, she's in Manchester. Hello, my name is Helen. I'm calling from Manchester, though actually from Leeds originally. Work in a library. I've been listening for donkeys years. Remember Mark Hebden coming into the village. Now, the reason I've called in today, after all these years, is I hate all the snobbery around Lee and his action figures. People collect stupid things, those piggy, piggy, pig things that people used to collect, (laughs) stupid teapots. I used to collect um, snow globes, though I'm ashamed to admit that. Um, But I am actually somebody who has Star Trek and Doctor Who figures dotted around my house. Not in packages, not worth anything, like to see them when I go to charity shops. Not sure why I even have them, just they make me smile. And also when nieces and nephews used to come round, why has Auntie Helen got an inflatable garlic in her back room? It's just good fun (laughs) and I wish people would stop being so flipping snobbish about it. The other reason I called in is that Vince's declaration of love absolutely melted me. I thought it was one of the most romantic things that I had ever, ever heard. And actually, yeah, I felt quite gooey about it. So nothing profound to say, but just wanted to um, drop a message just to say hi, still listening, still enjoying. Thank you. Oh, Helen, you superstar. What a what a brilliant call. Do call in again soon, please. I, I love what you said. I love snow globes as well. Who who doesn't? And as to Me. your Star Trek doctor You don't like snow globes. Why not? No, What's you wrong said with snow globes? Who doesn't love them? I don't okay. love them. Why not though? They're just fun. They're just lovely. They just take you back to your child. Did you have a snow globe when you were a child, Royfield? No. It's something oh, your maiden aunt had round at her house. Come on. It was on top of the TV. And, you know, the five-year-old you would go to it and shake it and watch all the snow just, like, slowly descend in the water. But come on. Come on now. No one can love a snow globe. I, I think love. Tolerated. I'm holding my hand Barely up. I, I, tolerated. I got a snow globe. Uh, last Christmas, and it's one of my most treasured possessions. No, I love a snow globe. Anyway, ignoring you and moving on. You're obviously somebody with very few possessions, which I think is quite commendable in this consumerist society that we live in, that you're obviously going for the the Zen thing and, you know, and you you don't believe in consumerism, so you don't have lots of stuff around you. That's the only way, Philippa Hall, you can truly honestly say that, that it's one of your most pressured possessions in that you hardly have any. 
like a Buddhist monk or no, something. Come on just, now. Come on. Like, no, but snow globes are so magical. And no, they're not. They, twee. Oh, for heaven's sakes, let's they're move twee. on, please. Oh, dear. Right. And I love the story about the blow-up Dalek in the back bedroom. That That's great. Helen, you are my friend. Great. Um, and as to <laughs> Vince's declaration of love, um, yeah, I agree. He was just... He was just so straight up about it. I love you, Elizabeth. And then when she said, I'm very fond of you, Vince, you just think, oh, no. When is she going to sort of make peace with Nigel and, and move on? I want her to to love Vince, but maybe it's got to be, te- maybe it's got to take time. It's got to play out. Maybe they've got to sort of carry us through the story and just sort of, Makers really wait for it, but I hope it. I hope it does work out because he's he's a, a simple chap, but he's he fights her corner. Uh, he seems to have her best interests at heart. He doesn't seem to be a baddie in disguise. He's he's a nice guy, and he's and he's good for her. But I hadn't realised that the relationship had progressed enough that there were declarations of love being issued especially when all she'd offered him for lunch was a was a salad and being quite cross that he'd arrived a bit late but anyway <laughs> there we go uh Royfield, well, it, vince's it, declaration of love did it mean any more to you than snow globes oh much more much more i think vince <laughs> is a keeper come on you know what mm. a fantastic guy he's incredibly confident in his own skin you know, he could mm. say to Elizabeth, I love you. He didn't get the, the four letters uh, back. However, you know, he didn't shrink away. He understood. Uh, and, and he still stood by by what he said. A man who's confident in his own skin and, and also, you know, explained what he's doing around Lower Loxley, which goes to demonstrate his love and affection for Elizabeth. You know, he wants to help her. And... And that is a demonstration of his love. So it's not just words, it's actions. What a man, what a hero. Um, <laughs> however, I think it's understandable that Elizabeth would be reticent to say the same thing back. We know that Nigel has passed some time ago now, 10 years ago. But she feels, w- whenever she looks around Lower Loxley, she sees Nigel everywhere. It's mm. Nigel's home. It's understandable that she feels somewhat confused about saying those words back to Vince she will get there she will say and I just think this has been played out quite beautifully quite realistically Mm. for us the listeners yes I think she started her relationship with Vince just as a bit of fun you know some some laughs uh and perhaps hadn't realized do you think she's just missing special cuddles (laughs) well I didn't even know there'd been any special cuddles any kissing or anything we've we've not heard that we had to put up with it with with Lee and Helen no, stop what do you it. Mean? Um, remember, Vince, Vince has stayed over. Vince stayed over yeah, months so ago. They stay over in separate bedrooms oh, and just have midnight feasts together. Stop it, Philip Hall. But can can I ask you a question? Considering that this is your twentieth wedding anniversary, yes. Can you remember when Mister Hall first said that he loved you? Because I know for a fact. Well, I'm guessing. Right, that he said that he loved you before you said that you loved him. Tell me I'm wrong. Gosh, you've, re- you- you've really put me on the spot. I can remember when I first saw him. I can remember when our first date. Um, I can remember when we got engaged. I, can't, I honestly can't remember. I mean, we were living in different countries as well. So it was all these, you know, quick phone calls at the, at the beginning before we got married. Um, mm. But I can't, I can't remember. I'm going to have to go down and, and ask him. That's really that's really made me feel bad. Now I, I tell I you remember. what, I tell you what, I know for a fact, Mister Hall will remember. I'll, I'm quite happy to pause this podcast right now. You nip down, okay. you go ask. Hang him. on, all right. Smashing. I'll be right back. Hitting pause right now.
Right, let me pull up a chair. Right. Are you there? Uh, most <laughs> definitely, I am here. So, when I went back to Jamaica um, the second time, on the last day, we proclaimed mm-hmm. love for each other, and I said it first. Uh, but i tell you what's very interesting about all of this, is that you couldn't remember. You had to go to your beloved to, <laughs> to, to be reminded don't you see that as somewhat significant, Philippa? You couldn't remember. He does remember. Just saying. Just saying. No, but what? Oh, no, I'm getting really concerned. Why? What What point are you trying to make by that? Apart from the fact that I'm out of breath and running up the stairs. <sighs> because quite simply, he is the keeper of romance in your relationship. He's the keeper of sanity you couldn't remember. in our relationship. Philippa, you couldn't remember. And and okay, right, you declared love for each other at the same time, but you couldn't remember. This was a more significant thing for him than it was for you. Just saying. Men, we're more romantic than women. That's the moral of the story, children. Oh. So anyway, shall we move on to Claire from Clapham? Hi, Dumpty Dums. Claire from Clapham here. Well, in this week's Archers, we had several attempts to help that really just made me shudder. Firstly, Tony suggested that Alice should go and stay at Bridge Farm in order to, I don't know, recuperate from alcoholism. I mean, I cannot imagine any worse place to be in the whole village, pretty much. (laughs) Um, I'm very glad Jennifer knocked him back. Secondly, uh, a cup of tea with Shula to sort yourself out actually seemed to work for Neil, but again, uh, wouldn't have been the top of my list. Um, I'm glad that Neil found someone to confide in, though, because he clearly needed it. And um, the only problem is that it will just send Shula even further into sort of smug vicar mode and thinking she can solve everyone's problems or be a listening ear. So please dial that down, Shula. No one much needs it except an extremist like Neil. And then thirdly, we had um, decorating support from Adam. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I would trust Ian more, I think. But... I'm just really struggling to piece together what Lee's first marriage was like, because it just seems, I don't know, he's such a, he seems such a hapless character. And yet he's got a responsible, well-trained job as a physiotherapist. Um, you know, he's trained in judo or karate or whatever. You know, suddenly he seems so infantile and pointless, um, in some ways and I, I don't know I'm finding this hard to square also I've lost a bit of respect for his first wife really because I love a bit of DIY me and um I've got no time for people to go oh I didn't like it my husband couldn't do the DIY just go and buy a drill dear sort yourself out fix your own shelves um you don't need Lee to learn to do it um yeah so that's what I think and is anyone starting to take bets on when Rob's going to show up and <laughs> Lee's going to have to knock him out speak to you soon bye oh claire that's just an absolutely superb call thank you so much and yes this idea of uh, alice staying at bridge farm and suddenly um being cured from being an alcoholic i mean maybe if they just give her all the soup that they produce maybe in time she would just decide that uh, if the only way to leave soup at bridge farm is to give up alcohol she you know, it might just work. You you never know. And as for Shula, yes, she probably thinks now she is uh, the gift of chats and helping people. So, yeah, she's going to be on a whole nother level. And I love this statement of yours, Claire. Fix your own shelves. Royfield, that's the one that we need to get printed on T-shirts for this week, please. Fix your own shelves. Yeah, I I, I love that. I mean, in some ways, we, we had some people fixing their own shells this week. We had Brian cooking chops, would you believe? And poor Susan doing <laughs> doing all the nights of looking after Martha. I don't know what, what's going on there. Will Rob come back? Helen isn't my favourite person, I, I have to say. She does wind me up a little bit, but we all need some of those. But the idea of Rob coming back, I'm I'm not ready. I'm not ready for Rob to come back. So please don't let that happen. But yeah, you could just imagine Lee <laughs> running upstairs and putting his little judo kit on and running down and standing there. Hi, yeah, and uh, not not really working. But uh, never mind. Um, am I waiting for Rob to come back so he can get a karate chop from Lee? Like everybody, I am waiting. 
but I think we still have some ways to go before that karate chop is delivered onto um, the evil Mr. Titchener. So, mm. um, yes, the countdown began the moment he was left crying in the rain uh, in Ambridge. However, we still have some time to go. It's going to be when we least suspect it, when Lee and Helen have completely bedded in with the boys and there are no major storylines and uh, we still have the Alice storyline. So I reckon it's three years hence down the road myself. That's what I reckon. Well, I suppose if he tried to come back now, he'd have to be in quarantine anyway for, for a couple of weeks if they followed the regulations. So, yes. There is that as well. Mm. <laughs> I sincerely hope that Rob doesn't come back, but it's it's bound to happen the way it's played out. It's it's bound to happen and uh, we just have to wait and as you say Royfield you're absolutely right it's going to be when we least expect it when we've given up saying oh is this is this the week that Rob's coming back and uh, suddenly there he is lurking it's going to be when the little wee one is 10 or something or another 10 18 it's going to be some some date of some significance and he's going to come back as nice as pie you know, he's going to try and charm everybody. And what it'll actually be is he'll come, he'll go into the village shop first off mm. and we won't even recognise the voice. And, you know, Susan will, oh, 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 hello, type of thing. And it will be, hello, Susan. And she won't even say the words, oh, Rob, you're back. She'll go, oh, uh, what do you want, type of thing. And yes. then he'll turn up at the door. That's the way they're going to do it. That's maybe the in the time it. capsule, there's the, the date of his return. And maybe that's what Lillian saw and uh, was surprised what? to see. There was, the there was a piece of information. There's something like... in the time capsule that <sighs> mm-hmm. is a piece of information that is going to be a shock and a surprise when it is revealed. Well, just whilst we're on shock and surprises, as is my want on this podcast, I do go off piste every now and then. Holy camoly, everybody. If you've not been watching Mayor from East Town, I suggest you stop what you're doing. Like, you can, you're allowed to even pause this podcast right now. Start watching that. What a bravado performance from Kate Winslet. But putting that to one side, to talk about a shock and a surprise as to who the murderer was at the end. Didn't see that coming. Flawed I was. Flawed. Now, quick, here's the setup. Mare is a police detective who works in this very small town in, I believe it's Delaware um, or Maryland. So really small little town. And a couple of girls have gone missing. And another girl has been found dead. But the reason why the size of the town is so important, because she knows all the suspects. She went to school with them. They all know her. Her cousin is the local parish priest. It's a very tight community. And there are so many overlapping storylines, which are just about this small community. It's, what, five, six episodes? Oh, the last episode, jaw dropped. Just saying my jaw dropped. Great writing. And uh, Kate Winslet, she's going to get loads of Emmys and all sorts. But please, for the love of Jesus and all things holy, for the love of Mohammed, please, I beg you, watch this. Your life will be enriched by watching Mayor of Easttown. Just saying. Right now, back on to the archers. Where are we? Have we talked about Captain America yet? Have we got a call about that? Because I want to talk about, about superheroes and the betrayal Don't of people worry. that are into them. We've okay, got great. some more calls. You'll we've get got, your we've got that to come out for you. Smashing. Because I know Helen talked about Doctor Who. Which I've never really been into Doctor Who myself. But a blow-up Dalek. I know that's lots of fun. Anyway, uh, there's me uh, going off piste. Back on piste. Now it's V. Hi, this is V from Edinburgh. And it stuck out for me that Lee's sudden gung-ho approach to using a drill when he'd never really used one before. Um, was a bit unbelievable. It made him sound about 12 um, and didn't really fit with his character because he seems like quite a sensible, clever chap. Anyway, that's my, that's my um, two pennyworth. Bye. 
the fabulous call absolutely fabulous yes i i agree i completely agree lee sounded like he was 12 when ian said there's three good dads in this room i loved his sentiment but i just thought well Lee sounds like he's still in shorts. He can't, he can't be in, included in that, surely. Uh, and my instant reaction to Lee this week was just, oh, this is silly. He sounds so young um, and he's really being fathered by Adam and Ian. But then when I listened again, I thought, actually, no. What are we What are we being shown here? We're being shown he's not Rob. He's not afraid to ask for help. Uh, he's prepared to laugh at, at himself at his own mistakes. And he loves Helen and the boys. He would, you know, he would do anything. Um, and actually, it, I got a lot more from listening to it the second time. And I found it endearing. And I just hope that it shows us that their relationship is going to be okay. And okay, all right, maybe... Um, Helen can't rely on him to do everything, but okay, so he can't put up shells, so he can't um, make decisions about the priority of different of the figures. Boyfriend, I know you're going to come in with that one, but that did make me laugh. He sounded so sad, so crestfallen um, when some of the figures, um, I think it was Hulk, were put on the bottom shelf. Um, Go on, Royfield, you, you just step in now. You say all you need to say about this. Well, I must admit, I'm not one for action figures. I know they, real die-hard sci-fi fans do the whole collecting of figures. And you know that they are real and proper and true when they still keep them um, in their packaging, because that's where they hold their value. I will freely admit, as much as I am into superhero lore, I like the movies. And in fact, the more um, I reflect on the movies, some of them are pure genius, cinematic gold for the ages, regardless of, of the genre. And I have some comics back home in the UK. I have a Marvel Unlimited uh, subscription on my tablet, which really... I'm just giving Marvel 70, 70 pounds a year for that because I hardly ever read anything. But I like the fact that I can read a comic whenever I want on my tablet. I do think this is just a stretch too far. And I'm deep into this. I am so deep into this. I, I But the thing is, I love interiors. So to have a whole load of dolls, because let's be honest, that's what they are, strewn all over my living room or bedroom, that would be a touch too far for me. However, um, the poster of Bruce Lee. Now, Bruce Lee, what a beautiful man. What a beautiful man. And um, not only was he the first non-white action hero, he was kind of iconic in kind of civil rights. You know, And you listen, you, you listen to the story of Bruce Lee, what he had to do uh, to get recognition in Hollywood. This man uh, was a real trailblazer. Some of those images of Bruce Lee in that yellow... Uh, tracksuit are truly iconic so I can see how you'd have a poster of Bruce Lee in a frame we're not on about you know a a bit of paper and a bit of blue tack you know we're not it's not a student And, and it will actually look incredibly cool but dolls I must admit it's not my thing though I take Helen's point completely there is a lot of snobbery around this and many of us do collect things you've outed yourself as someone who collects snow globes which for no, me I don't collect snow globes. Yeah, I have a yeah, snow globe and I'm very fond of it. And you're very judgmental about snow globes. So you, you, we know where you are. That's fine. I slightly struggle. And this is just me. Hold my hand up. I slightly struggle with people who collect stuff and then have it out on display. Slightly struggle. I'm not on about like one or two things. That's fine. But, you know, to have your obsession out there on, on display. I, I I feel that's a little bit odd. However, it's pure snobbery because people who are into books, and, I, and I'm not just saying this because you have the Quick Books Review podcast, display their intellectual prowess, you know, and it's a form of snobbery by having books on bookshelves, in living rooms, dining rooms, sitting rooms, wherever. And, it, and that's socially acceptable. So why is it that having books 
on shelves is socially acceptable to say, look what I've read, look at what's all in my brain. But to have dolls of superheroes isn't. It's a double standard. And I'll freely admit that I like bookshelves with books on, not so much with dolls. I am just like everybody else, uh, a hypocrite. So there you go. That's my thoughts and feelings. However, Captain America, he's the OG. You have him up front and centre. Spider-Man, Hulk. I would have a Steve Rogers doll, just the one, looking wicked with a Bruce Lee poster in a nice frame, nice bit of white bleed all the way around it, maybe something from Into the Dragon, and that'd be pretty cool. You should hear some of the flack I get online from having books ordered by colour. It's amazing how people are scathing about that. Anyway, let's let's not get onto that one. I think what's interesting, though, with Lee is that we didn't hear anything about this collection. We didn't hear much about this collection when he was living in the flat and the posters. We didn't have Helen going round saying, oh, gosh, that's a, that's a lot of Hulk dolls. That's a lot of this. The first time we heard about them is when he was talking about them in, in the village. So it just seems strange that he must have a lock-up with 10,000 dolls <laughs> that he's now <laughs> rolling out and putting in, and this drum kit. I'm sorry. It, again, it showed me that Helen is not ready, is not strong enough, understandably so, to say, actually, that's not a great idea. I've got children that, that need to go to sleep uh, and it's not something that I'd like to do at this time. Having had two children playing the drums in the house, it does it, the, the drum music does sort of resonate through the whole house. It's shaking in the foundation. So it it has to be something that you're fully committed to or buy an electric one with a pair of headphones down the line. Um, so, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how it's all going to work out, but uh, we know we know what to get you, Royfield. A Captain America snow globe is something that I'm going to be searching <laughs> for now. You've very expertly put your finger on a gaping hole in the writing of the character of Lee. Lee has told everybody, i.e. us, the listeners, from before he moved in with Helen that he was into superheroes. We knew this. This was not a surprise. If you are that deep into it, he would have told Helen that he had loads of dolls, whether they were in a lockup or not, and he didn't. He would have been so excited about getting his dolls out of lockup if they were ever in a lockup, and I said, and I think they they weren't they would have been in his flat so he he would have been so excited to say Helen I can't wait to move in I'm going to put the dolls everywhere because he's talked Mm. about his passion before so why would he have just stopped at I just like the movies he wouldn't have and you're completely right he would have had them out in his flat so Helen actually would have known Yes, Helen would so have been it, introduced to them uh, on exactly. a first name basis, I think. Yeah. Exactly. And he would have gone, this is Captain America, his real name is Steve Rogers. Da, 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 da. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the drums doesn't ring true either, because that is a big commitment instrument, big in terms mm. of noise and size. Mm. He would have said, I've got a drum kit. You know, it's one thing to say, just to turn up with a with a you know an acoustic guitar. That, that's one thing, you know, and you, and you whack it out just, you know, uh, twice a year at the end of barbecues on a, on a, a nice summer's evening. Guitars take up no space and, uh, and also no noise pollution. You can just strum that once a week. Cushdy, drum kit. You tell people that you're a drummer because it's, it's, it's an atypical musical equipment. Well, and he didn't. He didn't have a drum kit. He said a friend had offered him a drum kit and he'd always wanted uh, one. So right. it, that what that didn't take up space in the flat. But equally, when you're moving in, and also it's not their house yet. They don't own it, yet they're carrying out all these renovations. I mean, I know Kirsty seems a pretty le- relaxed landlord, but surely there has to be some sort of um, discussion about, oh, we're going to hang this shelf and change this and, and do that. And is that okay with you? And I'd have thought, but again, the rules of Ambridge are different to the rules of the rest of the it world. It has, has to be said. In North America, there seems to be much more leeway when renters rent as to them making uh, quite major uh, changes 
to to a flat like they oh. kind of are allowed to yeah they are allowed to but you've got to leave it when you leave you got to leave it in the state that you found it right but, but, well but you mm. Mm. Go on. Um, so that that would require quite some putting right if you have made changes i mean in the uk you can barely put blue tack on the wall and and you're in trouble yeah i i was really surprised with my kid's mum uh, the changes that she made to to rental place and i was like what like she completely re-kitted out did the electrics on the basement because you know in a lot of north american homes um the basement is somewhere which which is a livable space you know a lot mm. of places have a basement and um hers wasn't quite livable but she made it so with no recourse back to the landlord changed the wiring and all sorts i was like i beg your pardon she, oh no no so it's all fine but but the law is you know you've got to leave it in the in the state that you found it you know and i think landlords um over here allow people to do stuff like that because they know it's, a, it's accruing uh value for, for the most part mm. for the most part you know but anyway, anyway, interesting the differences between this side of the pond and uh, and yours back in Blindsea. Uh, have, have we exhausted discussing V and her call? Uh, is it time to go on to Dusty? I think, uh, well, we could talk about V and her call all day, but I think we need to move on. We have other calls and emails to fit in. Smashing. All right, next is our Dusty Substances. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, I'm recording this on bank holiday weekend and I'm suddenly struck by the thought that we haven't heard anything from the bull lately, um, not bemoaning the lack of income during lockdown or sort of doing anything interesting at all really. Uh, I think with the bank holiday we really are missing a trick here because normally Kenton marks significant events like bank holidays with creating a new cocktail and I think we're probably all in the mood for something like that at the moment probably something a bit gloopy down the bottom uh, like you know that stuff that goes a bit like jelly when it goes in the freezer I can't remember what that's called and then uh, with some champagne or prosecco tipped over the top so we get the symbolic bubbles as we we find our freedom and and rise to the surface and pop. So um, I'm looking forward to that, um, the uh, easing of restrictions cocktail on Bank Holiday Monday. And if we can't have that, could we hear something about the single wicket? Anyway, hope everyone's really well and uh, keeping safe. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, dusty substances. I love your calls. Wonderful, marvellous. Yes. And this cocktail sounds incredible. Thanks very much. I, I tried to give up the drinking alcohol about five six days ago but just listening to that description it, it sounds jolly nice and there's another uh, cocktail maker extraordinaire in the dum-de-dum family which of course uh, mr stephen bowden he puts photos of wonderful uh, cocktails on on facebook um so super yes i love the sound of an easing of restrictions cocktail and yes we need we need a pub event they've normally got a theme or they'd have like a a pizza competition with the best topping or the kids doing a, a, a peacock pictures and a competition for that i mean if i'm not here in kenton talking over a tannoy announcing the winner of a competition it doesn't feel like ambridge on a bank holiday so you're, you're absolutely right maybe it's hard for the script writers to fit it in with just four episodes a week and as we start to get more in in a week we might be able to have the luxury of of these just lovely events it it, it would be great i royfield do you do you miss hearing kenton and sounds from the bull Miss, um, only when people point out to me how important it is to anchor the village. You know, it's at the heart of the mm. village, the bull, isn't it? I've been yes. quite happy um, listening to Alice and the travails of uh, uh, alcoholism and how those ripples then spread out from her and affect, uh, you know, not only Chris, Martha, but their uh, immediate family and then have gone through the village. Uh, but I think Dusty's right to remind us of the importance of the bull and of Kenton. And mm. um, and then whilst uh, we're on that, um, just to come back, to circle back to what you said about Stephen Bowden, a man of which I wish I was as cool as Stephen. This man mm. is so sophisticated. And um, I don't know whether you saw, but his latest cocktail creation is a, a glass which is half Guinness, half champagne. I did see created, that. Wow. 
wowzer yeah you know so he created that for his birthday so i know what i'm going to be having when i hit the shores of blighty i'm going to uh, get myself a bowden cocktail which is uh, one part champagne one part uh, guineas and i will have one what? in his honor while we're just on the subject of alcohol, I should thank Joanne Richardson on the Facebook group, the Dum Dum Facebook group, because she recommended a book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace, which is all about not drinking. Um, and uh, it's a fascinating book. So thanks, Joanne, for that recommendation. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting reading about halfway through it. But uh, yes, that that uh, cocktail, an easing of restrictions cocktail from Dusty Substances sounds blissful to me and as whilst we are talking about alcohol uh just a reminder to say that uh, thank you for people who listened to the interview which i did with kathy i will freely admit i'll hold my hand up kathy has turned out to be qu- quite a dear friend uh we talk i think literally on a daily basis now um on on clubhouse and if you are struggling um with with drink and or um, you are an alcoholic and you are actually sober. One of the great things uh, about uh, the app Clubhouse uh, is that there are many sobriety rooms, uh, rooms we can go into and speak to people who are similarly have issues around drink and uh, you can share your stories and be a support for each other. And it's something which I've discovered uh, by being a friend of Kathy. Uh, you know, so many groups, so many resources basically on the app. Uh, so um, as I said, if you are struggling, with alcohol and go onto the app and you'll have a ready support friends and associates on your phone. After that, we have our Mia. Oh, I love me some Mia over there in Newcastle land. Hello, Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. This is Mia in Newcastle land, caller in a ring. I just thought I'd share a few insights into some of the characters. There's, there's a couple here that I really like listening to. Lillian, oh, Darling, have another G and T. I like listening to Kate. Oh, come on, Jacob. Let's try some vegan yoga in the yurt. Mm. Here's a couple of characters that I've actually missed hearing. Ruth. Oh, David, I've got to go and milk the cows. <laughs> Natasha. Come on now, Tom. Let's have a nice Friday night maxing out our credit cards. And here's a couple of characters that I never want to hear again. Johnny, I'm just a shallow character and I'm just in it to get on your nerves. (laughs) And Hootie Jill. Jill must die. That's all. Bye. Thank you, Mia. That that was amazing. Those voices, honestly, Ruth's particularly was hilarious. Well, we know if one of the cast fall ill, just call Mia and she'll, she'll step in. Um, I I don't want to agree with you, though, about Jill Mustang, but uh, no, love those voices. And talking about voices, we seem to have animated Adam this week, finally. Uh, shows it's it's not the actor, it's the script. It's deliberately done to keep him all sort of downhearted and, and dismal. So that was nice to hear. And Ian as well. Some comedy gold coming from Ian. I mean, some of the things he said, he said, um, essentially, you've created Dracula's man cave. Uh, then he said, oh, you, you just need some decent paint that doesn't melt your eyeballs. <laughs> and then he said, if you're lucky, he'll be so frightened of the shells dropping on his head, he won't notice the paint. I mean, Ian, you won the comedy award for this week. Uh, well, as, as did Mia as well. It was just wonderful. Um, Royfield, what did you think of the uh, of the voices? I, I thought to myself, who needs sandwiches when you've got Mia? <laughs> you know, <laughs> sandwiches can, can 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 retire. That that they were very good, uh, very good indeed, Mia. And I didn't realise you had this string to your bow, Mrs. Uh, well, well done, well done indeed. Yes, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Um, first class, thank you, Mia. Great call as always. Hmm. I think we're at the end of our quarter in But we have an email. Can I read my email, please? Don't let me stop you. Thank you very much. So we have an email from Welsh Witch um, and the subject is the frequently mentioned figures. 
Uh, hope everyone in Dum Dum Towers is well. I can understand why Adam and Ian would want to make sure that Lee wasn't making a horlicks of the decorating, but I thought it was patronising of them the way they make sly digs at Lee over his figure collections, as if they've got better hobbies. Have they any hobbies? Anyway, a plot prediction regarding said figures, the frequency of them having been mentioned and the ruddy boxes, leads me to believe that Helen and Lee will have the chance to buy the house, but will be a few thousand pounds short. Then something like the Antiques Roadshow will come to the area and they'll discover that the figures and their boxes can generate the said missing money. Another thing that got me wondering is why on earth Brian would think it's a good idea for Rory to stay with Adam and Ian whilst Alice stays with Brian and Jenny. Then I remembered Rory has come out to Ben as bisexual and I wonder if this is the plot device for that information to come out to the rest of the family. Anyway, based on my past performance, none of these will come true. But you never know. There's always a first time. Thank you so much, Wellswitch. Love that email. Yes. Will Adam and Ian turn Rory into a boring river swimmer? Or will Rory turn Adam and Ian into the fun club? And uh, there's uh, something going on about this electrician because Ian mentioned the the costly but precise electrician again this week, and Ian, Ian um, Adam, I should say, Adam was so evasive about it. Why is he being evasive? Is it somebody he's had another affair with? Did he not pay the electrician in the end, even though he said he did? And he found this mysterious account that he'd got enough money saved into. There is something wouldn't put it in there if there wasn't something going on. So, yeah, I love these plot predictions, Welsh Witch. And I add, I raise you a plot prediction that something is up with that electrician. Uh, Royfield, what did you think of Welsh Witch's brilliant plot predictions? I thought it was utterly brilliant. And it's just like, do you remember last year when I was the only person that spotted that Phil was a wrong one? And I called it months beforehand. And I painstakingly put all the clues together. Do you remember? I've, I, no, I don't. I, no, I haven't really. You? I didn't really no. talk about it much. At all. I don't think but you did. There is something going on here with Adam and money. You know, him discovering this money to pay off this. But there is something weird going on. And I must mm. admit, I haven't properly form, formed my thoughts as to what it is. But Wealth Witch, uh, she's got a nose for these things. A nose for these things. Uh, so, uh, and I think she's pointing us in in the right direction. Yes, well done. Well done, Welsh witch. Yes, more emails, please. We love all your calls, all your emails. They make the show, so please keep them coming. Whatever your predictions are, whatever your thoughts, let us know. Smashing. Now, on that point, uh, we will take five. There could be a quick ad break if you're lucky enough to be in a part of the world where Acast deems that um, it has enough ads to throw you away, which means that uh, we get a little bit of filthy lucre. And we'll come back the other side. The touch of the Witherspoons is in the social media roundup, don't you know? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi everyone, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis with your social media roundup. 
Our Facebook group is now nearly 1,700 members strong, as this week we welcomed 70 new members. I, for one, was happy that the week was light on Alice, Chris, and Martha, and instead focused on the pitfalls of home improvement. As a result, we had lots and lots of dumpty dummers in good spirits chiming in with their opinions. On Sunday, I asked for prediction sure to go wrong. Some people seriously pondered this question, and some answered with tongue planted firmly in cheek. Stephen Bowden predicted that Jennifer would gather Kate, Adam, Rory, and Debbie on the phone to stage an intervention, while Brian remained on a river in Egypt. Lillian McCarthy and Margaret Yu worried about the possible return of Rob in some fashion. Chris Bowery thought that Rex would feed Russ to the pigs, and Robert Flood hoped that Joy would become the sexy single suitor for all the bachelors in Ambridge. Tony Lydell wrote that Alice would awaken Dallas-style to find that all of the past two years was a dream. Glenn Fololove foresaw Peggy trying to talk to Jenny again about what she knew of Alice's alcoholism, but Jenny would be distracted by a call from Fabrice Felpersham. Finally, Guy Williams, going out on a limb, prognosticated that there would be no episodes Friday through Sunday this week. I guess only Guy was correct. The week began in earnest with a comparison of Helen and Lee versus Lizzie and Vince. Which couple had the superpower to go to the distance? The people spoke, and it was pretty evenly divided. Some, such as former Buffalo, New York resident Pat Hanavan, voted for both. But Pat noted that Vince's dodgy dealings had the greatest potential to cause conflict. Some, such as Lillian McCarthy and Carolyn Wright, voted for neither. Wendy Rocroft thought that Lee was a bit wet, but Nick Hanna countered that karate sensei are never wet, and Wendy ceded the point. Of course, that was before the changing rooms debacle. God, I miss changing rooms. I asked the question, would you tell your partner that their taste in decoration leaves something to be desired? And that prompted over 40 responses. Many responded with a simple yes. Erica Lee and others said they have done so many times. Catherine Shurrock said that her husband loves to remind her that her taste is a fine mix of Colombian drug dealer and Las Vegas hood. Sandra Jenkinson put her foot down when her ex-husband wanted to paint their entire house magnolia. Rob Williams recalled that he once hung up a Bruce Lee poster in his room, but he was 18 at the time. Jane McCants was exasperated with Lee and thought he must be 16. And Lisa Marie said that Lee must have realized that action figures were not everyone's cuppa. There was some discussion about the three dads, and as always, some piling on Adam. Elizabeth Llewellyn criticized him for initially being so negative about having to do a changing rooms makeover in 24 hours. She added, it wasn't open heart surgery after all. A Dumpty Dumber named Royfield Brown came to the defense of Lee and all superhero fans and stated that he was uncomfortable with how they've been portrayed of late on the Archers. This provoked a whopping 66 comments. Stephen Bowden exclaimed that no one puts Captain America in the corner. But both Shirley Hallam and Sarah Evans speculated on how Lee will react when Henry and Jack start taking the superheroes out of the box. All's well that ended well with the Home Improvement Project as Helen and Lee were all lovey-dovey on the front porch. Too good to be true? I must say I made myself laugh as I dusted off the picture of Snidely Whiplash, a.k.a. Rob. Imagine this scene three months hence, with Helen doing the washing up, putting away the final casserole dish, a knock at the door, Lee gets up to answer it, and da 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 Well, a lot of people chuckled at it, but I think I scared the bejesus out of Phil Parks. Sorry about that, Phil. The best outcome was predicted by Ian Reed. Yay, Titchener takes a don't-come-back message from Karate Master Lee and slithers off. Arrogance and ego destroyed, never to be seen again. Well, I'm happy to have avoided more weighty subjects this week, but I will note that Christy Nichol asked for observations about the Aldridge and Carter families and noted that Alice has never said nice things about her in-laws, Susan and Neil. Pat Roberts remarked that Brian was acting like an idiot this week, and Elizabeth Llewellyn chimed in with, when has Brian ever not behaved like an idiot? Take that, Quentin, and I'll let that be the last word, except 
please check out Rosie's post about her participation in the Edinburgh Festival Marathon to raise funds for the Scottish SPCA. Please consider making a donation. As always, Angus and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. Uh, What a wonderful roundup. What a wonderful Mm. roundup. Excellent. Mm. Uh, Now, I I believe uh, this is your, your part of the show where you run me over the coals um, intellectually and see if I really am a fan of the Archers by reading out some headlines uh, from the press. And, and, and I've got to guess which publication penned said uh, headline. Is it that point? Yes. Is it that it right is smashing? that point. You are correct. But I've had feedback on this item, Royfield, and the feedback is that I need to let you guess all three before I tell you which is right or wrong not to okay. do it one at a time. So that's fair All enough. Right. We're going to go with it. So the three publications we're featuring this week are slightly different, mm-hmm. some of them, Farming UK, Daily Mail, and Birmingham Mail. Of course, Birmingham, where it's record, where the Archers is recorded. So Farming UK, Daily Mail, Birmingham Mail. And the three headlines are The 17 Most Shocking Storylines in the Archers. BBC's The Archers praised for highlighting serious legal issues. BBC accused of lacking diversity in Archer's 70th anniversary. Okay, the last one is the Daily Mail. And give me the first two again. The 17 most shocking storylines in The Archers. BBC's The Archers praised for highlighting serious legal issues. Okay, that is the farming one. So uh, Birmingham Mail first, farming publication um, second, Daily Mail third. Uh, how irritating that is. <laughs> 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 uh, next time, darnation, next time. Yes. All right, well done, correct. Well done, yes. me. Very you know good. what I'm feeling properly smug. Properly <laughs> smug. Sorry, like, everyone. I tried to catch him out this time. Never mind. So why don't you, folks, um, if you want to share in my smugness, uh, go on to dumdum.com and maybe post a little message underneath uh, the uh, underneath this episode and say, Royfield, God, you were so good with Philippa's quiz. Even though she did gave it to you in a fiendish way, you're your brilliance shone through and you got them all correct. You know, join me, you know, by going out to dumdum.com. You can also go to dumdum.com and buy some swag, some merch, some stuff uh, by simply going on there and hitting shop. Maybe and get yourself um, a T-shirt um, or, or a baby grow. You never know. There's all manner of good things you can purchase on dumdum.com. Now, good people, um, we do this thing because we love the archers, but there are some bills to pay. Uh, in, invariably, we have to uh, incur some costs by doing this. And so what you can do is go on to Patreon and give us $2 per episode. And it helps us just pay for things around here. It also means that you're a super duper lovely, cuddly, beautiful, wonderful person. By doing that, you support this podcast and, and we'll love you forever. Philippa will come round and give you Jaffa cakes. And, and, and I'll Kit do cats. something else. Yeah, yeah Kit Kats. <laughs> Chunky Kit Kats, isn't it? You know, but if you give us $2 per show. Now, Philippa, can you remind people how they can get in touch with us? Of course. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the dumdydum.com website, or you can leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to the number 07957 167 696, which is plus 44 7957 167 696. If you're outside the UK, please keep the voice note to less than two minutes. Thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy V. Freeman. Uh, This podcast came out of Twitter. You don't need me to tell you that. Uh, So it means that we're on Twitter. You can find the team where we are at dum-de-dum. I can be found at Royfield if you can be bothered. I'm kind of of tumbleweed on Twitter now. Uh, Philippa, how can people find you on Twitter? Well, you mentioned the QuickBook Reviews podcast, and that's why I have the QuickBook Reviews Twitter account, I'm afraid. But instead of a W, it's a three at the end. Don't 
don't ask why. But remember, when tweeting about the archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of hashtag the archers, so a capital T and a capital A, as this really helps visually impaired people who use screen readers, and it helps me make sense of make sense of it as well. Because without the capitals, it is read as a string of gobbledygook. If you like a bit of Facebook, why don't you go onto Facebook, type in Dum De Dum, because we're, we're you know we're on Facebook and. Uh, dare I say, a whole section of the show is kind of dedicated to your thoughts, feelings and responses to messages about The Archers on Facebook. So if you'd like to uh, maybe get your missive read out or your name read out, why don't you go onto uh, Facebook, type in Dumpty Dum, get involved in the action. Uh, I think that's just about that. If you if you want to catch up with me, I'm generally on Clubhouse these days. Oh, I love me some Clubhouse. It's so awesome. That's it from me. Uh, what about you, uh, Philippa Hall? Still reeling about the fact that your hubby is, is more romantic than you? I I dispute that, but uh, no, I'm looking forward to the week ahead. I'm looking. He's forward. more sentimental than you. I think that was. Just, I think we've established that. Well, I'll I'll leave listeners to draw their their own conclusions about what that. Con- but no. What other conclusion is there to draw? You couldn't remember. He couldn't um, remember actually. No, no. You went downstairs. Before. You went downstairs, and then you came back with the information. In other words, he knew. He remembered. I'm not adding anything to that, but I am just going to say that I'm looking forward to to this week in the archers. You know, is Alice actually going to get to rehab and will Susan get a full night's sleep and will Kirsty <laughs> stop wearing shower caps that make her head itchy? You know, all these questions. Will, will we get the answers that we need? Who knows? But uh, I can't wait. And I can't wait to record the next episode with Rosie and Quentin and oh. see how that goes because last time I don't think we said but last time was the first time that I edited it you allowed me to edit it Royfield and uh, I'm, I'm redundant very grateful for that. I, I am most redundant um, and and you did a great job uh, the, this new team are doing a wonderful job and uh, I feel that you know my fading into the background can't happen too soon good people can't happen too soon the good ship Dumby Dum is in safe hands with Philippa Quentin and Rosie. And on that note, I bid you adieu. I'll see you um, in approximately 14 days' time for some more rip roaring, barnstorming chattage about the thing that we love above all else the archers. Tatty bye, Tararabit. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 